Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi there. Welcome to The Good Place, the podcast. Janet, what's a podcast? A podcast is a thing humans invented to procrastinate from doing important things, like actual work or spending time with their families. Neat. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to The Good Place, the podcast. I'm Mark Evan Jackson. I play Sean. Today we're talking about Chapter 25, Season 2, Episode 11, The Burrito, written by Megan Amram and Joe Mandy, directed by Dean Holland, including guest cast Anna Kaja, Ajay Mehta, and Maya Rudolph. After Michael's self-sacrifice, the four humans end up in the judge's chambers. The judge agrees to give them each a good place test. Jason has to play Madden against the Jaguars. Chidi must decide between two hats. Tahani has to walk down a hallway and avoid the temptation of random pairs of people discussing how they really feel about her. She succumbs to the room where her parents are berating her, and she tells them off. Eleanor's test involves a fake Chidi, who tries to convince her to ditch their friends and go to the good place as a pair. She decides to stick with the group and ends up being the only one to pass her test. Janet pretends to be bad Janet and frees her and Michael from Sean's grasp in the bad place. Just as the judge is about to send the humans to the bad place, Michael and Janet show up in the judge's chambers to advocate on their behalf. My guest today is Kristen Bell, who plays Eleanor Shellstrop. Kristen Bell, welcome. Hi. Everything is great. Everything is great. Um, do you watch The Good Place? I do watch The Good Place. Um, uh, did you watch the episode The Burrito? Of course I did. Um, we should talk about it at some point, although I do want to know about your life. Well, this was one of my favorite episodes to shoot because it was with Maya Rudolph, who mm. is a dear friend and one of the best people currently ask, walking the planet. Uh, I agree. You've known her for some time? I have. Um, Dax and uh, Maya did uh, a documentary a long time ago called Idiocracy. Oh, that's right. Um, a documentary. <laughs> I almost missed it. Yeah, that's Dax's joke. Um, in Austin. And they fell in love and they are, are very good friends. And then I have known Maya through Dax for a while. And then Maya did a variety show a couple years ago, I think it was probably three years ago, and she asked me to be a part of the variety show. So we worked on that a little bit together, and I did like a guest starring on her um, variety pilot. And um, I just think she's wonderful. We, you know, we both have kids. Mm -hmm. We talk about mom stuff. She's mm -hmm. also super funny and lovely. She was also in Chips, which my husband wrote and directed. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've worked with her a couple times, and I adore her. And uh, she just gives you really, really good stuff. Like uh, from a director's perspective, She's a dream because she gives you a slew of different reads. So uh, when did you know that the judge would be played by Maya? Like, was that, did you submit names? Did Mike come to you and say, like, who would be great or? Um, 
You know, Mike Mike asks around to get people's opinions because he is so committed to best idea wins. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if he has the idea. He Isn't just, that amazing? Yeah. And it's and by the way, it's why he gets a great product. Yeah. It for anybody studying film that's listening to this, best idea wins is the only undercurrent that your show should have. Period. No and if, ego. No ego. No if, ownership. If, if that best idea comes from the dolly grip. Yeah. It's still the best idea. Right. You know, and so listen to people's opinions. So, you know, Mike had for a while wanted to make her a woman. And then, you know what? I will say, full disclosure, even before we cast you, mm-hmm. we said Sean because we thought it might be a woman. Sure. Oh, that's interesting. Because, we, and because before we even knew Sean would be a character, he knew in the beginning that we would reference someone who would come into play eight episodes later, and he wanted the opportunity to say, like, I don't want to be pigeonholed, so it's got to be a, a, a gender-neutral name. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Maya, I think, was definitely one of the, the first... I think she actually was the first choice. And then for a minute, she couldn't do it, and then she could, so it was very exciting. But that burrito episode, one of my favorite jokes in the, the whole season happened when she had a uh, hot sauce on her on her face she was putting hot sauce on the burrito mm-hmm. and we said oh you have a little hot sauce on your face she said it's not hot sauce it's envy well, actually it's the concept of envy but it really gives the burrito a kick i mean that it's an amazing turn it's an oh, amazing it's, line yeah maya more than most people on this show i've uh, gotten to see her work and she improvises more than most yeah because um, she can because she can yeah. but also like it adds like several layers to the judge. Like the judge is a judge. Mm-hmm. The judge is also like, kind like strangely into Chidi immediately. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. They're like, oh, you wait. Did you guys just come here? Yeah, you guys are bad. Uh, you guys Who's are- the worst one? Is it you, glasses? Like, <laughs> um, and I would guess that a lot of that's on the page. But she adds something to it that it's like, the writers I feel like see that and go. Oh, the judge is going to flirt with Chidi every time they're in the same room. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a great. It's a and it, and it when you as a writer's room, I think when you choose something like that, you're also choosing how it's going to affect everyone else. You're you're mm-hmm. allowing um, Jason and Tahani and and Janet to have asides because mm-hmm. they're not invested, but you're immediately incorporating Eleanor because she is holding Maya back, holding the judge back from Chidi. So, like, it's not just between the judge and Chidi. It's also between with Eleanor getting jealous. Like, there's so there's so many layers to it. The judge, the whole judge's character and what Maya did with it was encapsulated in that one moment for me where she comes out and you she's about to give very big information. And she said, first of all, would anyone eat chips and guac if I put it out? <laughs> yeah. And then no one answers. And then she gets to the real information. Right. That's what I mean. It's so nuanced. Like, she's like, oh, hey, friends. Cool. Um, and also, like, super into pop culture. She's like, I watched Ken Burns' Vietnam documentary. Uh-huh. It's long, like, yeah. and uh, Bloodline, but can never see the guy, uh, Kyle yeah. Chandler, as anybody else uh, from than from Friday Night Lights. Like, <laughs> well, nobody can. I mean, I mean that's you, the truest thing the show has ever said. Kyle maybe, Chandler will always be Coach T, period. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kyle, but you <laughs> excelled so much in that role. Game over. Game over. I mean, learn a new trade. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, The tests uh, are a giant focus of this. Um, Some more difficult than others in this episode. Um, I want to talk about uh, Cheaty and William Jackson Harper's portrayal because it took until about the rewatching of this and uh, for me maybe a month ago, late in the shooting of season three, to realize William Jackson Harper's portrayal of Cheaty is necessary for this show. Mm-hmm. Because the rest of the humans are big and caricature, you know, mm-hmm. like they have they have very strong feelings. Like I, I would, um, obviously, we're following Eleanor Shellstrop's path through this this 
afterlife. But I don't know that you're the audience representation for their representation on screen. It's Chidi going, what? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he's he is definitely the hero or the narrator or whatever you um, I don't know how to frame it. it. Yeah, but I would I would definitely agree with that because when you throw yourself into this world of philosophy or ethics or even to simplify it, when you throw yourself on Earth, Mm. nobody knows what the fork they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's Chidi's perspective. That's Chidi in this show. He is the audience. He is the storyteller of, I want to do good, but how do I do it? I'm unable to decide there are too many options because there really are too many options. There are too many options. Yeah. Um, I think that it's it's really Will's thing because like so much, I've seen supercuts online of uh, Chidi going, what? And Chidi going, No. And it's fascinating and great. What and no are very funny and punchy comedically, but can become one note as a performer. And it's mm-hmm. really, like he adds such depth and pain and humanity to all that portrayal. Like, um, I've not... I've not gushed to him in person as much as I should, and I will as soon as he's back. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, I, I would attribute that to his theater training. You mm-hmm. know, in theater school, there there are things you learn, and then in my case, just forget and coast and phone it in because you are trying to get home to tuck your kids in and you sometimes are like, I gave, an, I gave a passable performance that day. Mm-hmm. But in Will's case, he's so um, committed to his work in, in this beautiful um, way that he, in this very humble way that every single thing Chidi says, because some of it is very not specific, mm-hmm. like no or what, um, he infuses it with so much specificity underneath. He chooses exactly what he's talking about in that moment. He doesn't just say no. He knows, it's like as an actor, you have to be super, super specific as to what you're talking about. And he really, he does that. He does it in a moment uh, in your test, your joint test, Chidi and Eleanor's test, um, where you're told by the judge that um, you can relax, you've made it. You're, uh, you know, the other two are still doing their tests. but you ha- you two have made it and you're just waiting for those outcomes. Um, and you uh, celebrate and Eleanor says, um, holy cow, we made it. I mean, who uh, it worked. Studying ethics worked. Whoever, whoever said ethics is stupid. And Chidi says, uh, you did a lot recently. This morning you said it. Uh-huh. You know, like, and it's that sort of, those lines could be throwaways, but he puts so much... He, Chidi's still hurt that you did this morning. Yeah. And as it turns out, that's not even real Chidi that we're talking about. I know. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. And working alongside him. I mean, I don't know if you've had it. Have you had any, any scenes where it's just you and him? I don't think so, no. Oh, it's a dream. Oh, I can't imagine. Because there's nothing fake about it. Because mm-hmm. every single syllable he knows what he's talking about. And that's really what you dream about. Because you could easily write down words and then say them out loud. And the tones, the 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 sounds will come out of your mouth. But there's this weird, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but there, you have to put all this meaning into each of those sounds in order for it to affect someone else emotionally. And he just does all that work. He does all that work. Uh, and... It's not robotic. Like the pauses he takes, the breaths he takes, the where he darts his eyes to find the next mm-hmm. thought kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I think he's really good at it. And and I will say, and you know this because you've been in numerous table reads with him, as funny as he is on the show, 
is incomparable to how funny he is in the table reads That's true. because he takes bigger swings yeah. in the table reads. You're right. He also knows all you know. A lot of our executives here are women, and they love him. Like they are just <laughs> riveted, and even the men too. They're all everyone's riveted. Like our whole the upper echelon of NBC that like that says we can make this show come to the table reads to see William Jackson Harper's performance for sure because it's it's so incredibly unique yeah. and he takes such big swings in the table reads and sometimes he screams do you know like sometimes he'll scream some of his lines yeah. and you're like what are you doing but it is so funny it's amazing. You can't really, ex it's hard to explain him. Uh, every listener to The Good Place, the podcast, should come to the table reads. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's solved. the, that's, Mike would feel okay about that, I sure, feel like. I'm sure the network and studio would be just yeah. great. Tahani's test is that she has to uh, walk down a hall and open a door and not open any other doors. Behind those doors are uh, people that will be talking about their honest feelings about her. She suffers through that. Jason's test is to play <laughs> uh, a football video game against his favorite team. Mm -hmm. Um, Chidi's test is simply to uh, pick a hat, mm -hmm. and there are zero stakes, but of course he's so tortured. Mm -hmm. But your test, what you are told is a, is a dual test, is deciding whether or not to go to the good place that you and Chidi have earned, Eleanor and Chidi have earned, um, knowing that Jason and Tahani have failed and that they have not, uh, that they're not going to go through. And that we will have to leave them behind. You have to leave them behind. When we had committed to staying as a group. Right. You got here together. You're going to yeah. leave together one way or the other. Full episodes of The Good Place are available on NBC.com and the NBC app. Let's listen to a clip. Yeah. We're not going to The Good Place. I mean, that was never actually an option, but for the sake of your test, we're not going. What do you mean? Well, I was 99% sure that going was the wrong move, but since our whole relationship has been me being sure of something and Chidi explaining why I was wrong, I owed it to him to quadruple check. The capper came when I realized that ain't Chidi. The Chidi I know wouldn't argue that he should be rewarded while his friends got punished, and he would never forget about ethics for a second. I don't know who this Joker is, but it's not Chidi and Agonye. Wait, but what about the... Well done, Eleanor. You can take a seat and wait for the others. And can I have that medallion back? Because it's actually a coaster for my sodas. Mm -hmm. Where is the real Chidi, though? Is he okay? He's still taking his test. Eleanor passed. Yeah, baby. She did it. Yeah. Took her a while. Took her two seasons. Well, yes, but I mean... She's the, you know, she's the great realizer. And your performance, you are, uh, they say acting is reacting. Like, you are a stunning realizer of things. From the Holy Mother Forking Shirtballs in episode 113, and then the reboots in Dance Dance Resolution, all the 800 reboots. When we see you go, hang on a second. This is, oh, oh. Like, it's well, I think one thing that I am probably better at is, is big. Okay. I go big. I don't know. I can go big. Oh, you can. Well, and because those reactions tend to be very big. For me, the hardest thing to do is not do anything. Like the hardest thing to do is stay uh, riveting, stay watchable, and not be doing anything. Like what um, Sterling K. Brown did in the um, O.J. Simpson, uh, Ryan Murphy sure, yeah. story. He did nothing. He yeah. was just a human being acting in that show and was... You couldn't look away from him. Right. So, like, that to me is actually the hardest part of acting. But being more of a caricature and being a human cartoon, 
I can do that. I think you can, but I don't know that that's what I see Eleanor Shellstrop being. I mean, with the Holy Mother Forking shirt balls, I think may have been that. But in this particular moment, too, when fake Cheaty, not Cheaty, says, and put, you know, uh, forget ethics for a second. You do a thing that it's like you're ticking it. You're going, I'm going to remember that. Mm -hmm. But also it can be read as you going... Maybe he's right. I would like, I think part of Eleanor Shellstrop would love to forget ethics for a second and go like, no, 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 good place, good place. Well, playing around, one of my favorite things about acting is playing around with the duality of reactions Mm -hmm. to make it seem both. Because that, uh, not because it's what's um, most real for me as an actor, because I find like as an actor, you have to weigh what's real to you. Did Mm -hmm. you feel it? But then you can't get a hundred takes just because you didn't feel it. If the director says, we got it, the audience will know what is happening in this scene. We don't need to do 10 more takes so that you can quote unquote feel it like that I think is a way actors get in their own way mm-hmm. but the du- having the duality of a reaction that could mean two different things keeps the audience on its toes and that's exactly what you want to do that's why a show is watchable because you want the audience to say I need to see the next scene because I need to know what happens next Pleasure, yeah. yeah that's really lovely um, Eleanor has a has a great I guess indication exhibition of progress in this episode because not only are you the only one that that passes this test moments later when the rest are gathered and they've all failed and the judge goes, you failed, you failed, you failed. In fact, Eleanor and you go also failed. Like you take the bullet twice. Mm -hmm. You don't want your friends to know that you passed and absent them could have gone on. Like Eleanor Shellstrap has grown. I think Eleanor Shellstrap is really good at working a program. Mm. Like when you have a problem, let's say it like to compare it to uh, sobriety or something like that, you are going to have that problem forever. You are always going to want to drink, mm-hmm. always, every single day of your life. But if you apply working a program and you say, I'm only going to not drink today, I'm only going to try today. I don't have to think about 15 years from now. I'm just going to try today. Whether you're working with grief or some sort of obsession or some sort of addiction. And in in Eleanor's case, the addiction is to being selfish, is to choosing herself. You just have to apply working a program. And Eleanor's program that she's decided to commit to is just to try. So sometimes she loses, but sometimes she wins because she wants very much to say, Chidi and I, let's just go. Um, But she doesn't because she's very good at remembering her program of all I have to do is try and assess the situation as if I were a better person. Mm -hmm. What would that person do? That's very interesting. Yeah. She's, um, I mean, I think addiction is probably not a bad correlate to to who she is as a person. Yeah. Ego can be addictive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, in a fun moment that I uh, missed until rewatching it, uh, it just didn't land, was uh, you arrive in your bad place outfits, your costumes, your, uh, your disguises from, you know, your sort of 1950s, 60s outfits. And when the judge realizes that uh, that's not who you are, she's like, you can all relax. And she snaps her fingers and puts everybody into like where they'd be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tahani's in a St. Crispin's Day, whatever, and mm-hmm. you're all back to normal. Is this, uh, and you're sort of in... New Mexico uh, gear. New authentic oh, Eleanor Shellstrop. my favorite Eleanor Shellstrop look. Everything's yeah. a little bit too tight. There's like one too many pieces of jewelry. Uh-huh. It's just, it's a very... Eleanor, you know, sometimes can look like she got dressed at the airport. 
like those airport shops where everything is way too colorful and there's like no sort of visual in the window. It's just like a it's just like a Jackson Pollock painting of nonsense. Oh, no. And and Eleanor, she loves mini skirts, loves like colored denim, which I mean, colored denim can be very cute. But Eleanor, yeah, I love Eleanor's New Mexico looks. I mean, that's sort of I think that may be the first time that we've seen Eleanor in the afterlife dressed the way she'd like to be. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because every in fact, that was a very big topic when we started this show, because looking at who Eleanor was, I wanted her to dress a little trashier mm-hmm. than the clothes that I was given that Kirsten Mann was giving me. And I said, why, why can't we dress a little trashier? And she said, well, Mike and I talked about it because you are supposed to be undercover. You are given the good Eleanor Shellstrop's wardrobe. Right. So you are supposed to feel a little bit uncomfortable and wear these like University of Michigan sweatshirts when right. like Eleanor Shellstrop from New Mexico would not be caught dead in a college sweatshirt. Right. Like that is not, I mean, that's a not a notch in her belt. It would be belt. ASU or something. It would be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it, it was ridiculous. She'd be caught in a spring break sweatshirt, <laughs> but not a college sweatshirt. Like she didn't care about that. But, but there's been a couple times when we flash back where we're allowed to be regular Eleanor. And yeah, it's a lot of like mini skirts and mm-hmm. wedges and, and uh, things that just make her feel sexy in her own way. And this was the first time she was ever in the afterlife dressed as New Mexico, Arizona, Eleanor. Yeah. Is she from New Mexico or Arizona? Arizona. Why do I keep saying New Mexico? Um, are That's you... a state? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Not a city. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Um, Chris and Bell, did you know that I did some of my own stunts in this episode? Darcy grabs me by the throat and I get elevated and she throws me against the wall. Um, <gasps> next to your stack of New Yorkers. Next to my stack of New Yorkers. And... Um, Side note, also one of the best jokes on the show ever because it's pretty good. It's the because everyone who gets the New Yorker magazine stops reading it after week six, and it just has a stack of New Yorkers and feels so guilty as an intellectual about throwing them away. You can't get you can't throw them away. You can't recycle them. Um, but also, you will never crack that. No, 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 that, no, 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 that magazine. No, again. no, no. You'll put it in your bag when you have an uh, airplane trip, and you won't read it. You'll put it in the bathroom while, when Grandma's coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what you'll do. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mike. Um, uh, I said to him when it came up, he's like, don't worry, we'll stunt double you. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm a gifted natural athlete. I can do this. And I've never let him forget it. So I did the first part uh, where Darcy throws me against the wall, and we did it several times. Um, initially, they were being too kind, which sometimes they are to to actors. Like, they didn't pull me hard enough. And I was like, you really got to gotta do it. And then the second bit is that uh, Sean's down on the ground and wakes up, and uh, Janet comes in and punts him into the place, kicks him into the wall. And they were like, let's let your stunt double try that the first time. And we did it, and uh, immediately it looked so violent that I was like, I think we got it. I think we're moving on. Right, it was right. Dean directing, and it was. Uh, I was like, I have no business even attempting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those stu- the stunt people are trained in something that we are not. That's we always feel accurate. like we can do it. Like I can stand on that ledge. I can look like I'm being pushed, and it's just it's it's sort of incomparable. They are they really are a. Um, their training is so necessary to make the the physical visuals look like they need to look. Both in the both in actually doing things, falling, uh, jumping, kicking, all that stuff, but also in the performance of it, they can make it look more painful than it was even to them, kind of thing. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is that. something that they study. Like it's not something to be taken for granted. Because I've felt the same thing. Like, oh, I can do these stunts, and I I sometimes will try, and then yeah, the stunt double is just they they're much more talented at making it look. Uh, violent. Mm-hmm. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Western Hemisphere Brunch Banter, a weekly email blast featuring tons of great topics to discuss over brunch in North America. From the latest New Yorker highlights to Jonathan from Queer Eye's Manuka Honey Mass, we've got you covered. Never again will you not know what happened in season two of The Crown or what oat milk is. Subscribe now. We've requested some questions from the internet. Uh, I don't have time for tons of them. But an interesting one that we thought of was, uh, that we received was that uh, Tahani's torture is that she's got to run this gauntlet knowing that behind any door alongside are uh, people she cares about talking about her Mm -hmm. and expressing their honest feelings. If that were Kristen Bell's test, uh, what names would be on those doors? And what do you Mm. think they'd be saying? Well, the answer I want to (laughs) give is that I don't, care, Mm -hmm. which there's a part of me that truly doesn't, mainly because I live, like my mantra every morning is Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm -hmm. And I find that so empowering because, oh, you have to agree to feel shirty. For that to land. Yeah, and it and I've it's like something that I'm trying to teach my kids of like, oh yeah, anyone can say anything about you and if you believe it's true, then it'll start to feel awful. But if you don't believe it's true, then it just doesn't doesn't matter. Right. Um but if I were being very vulnerable and honest, I mean Mike Sure would be on a lot of those doors. Oh wow. Yeah. I would I mean just His opinion matters. His right? opinion matters yeah. big time to me because he's everybody's dad and he's, you know, <laughs> he's the best dad you could ask for. Um I guess I'd like to, you know what? It would be the people absolutely closest to me. Like Tahani's had a lot of acquaintances. Like she had like Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas and Fergie Duchess of York. York. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of these sort of famous people. I could care less what famous people or acquaintances think about me. But like my truest, deepest, closest friends, I would love to know if there's something they're not saying to me. Like, God, you're, I think they all would be like, you talk too much and you're just really annoying sometimes. But then why would I need to know that? I already. And why would you accept that? that? Why would you let that? Because I know in my heart, I know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) My heart, I know it's true. (laughs) You have all just escaped through the portal. You've, uh, the humans have arrived in the judges' chambers. The, um, you were the last to go in, uh, the episode previous. And it was a very touching scene between you and Ted where you're like, let's hustle, man. And he says, I, I solved it. I figured out the trolley problem. And he pins a senior staff pin to you and pushes you through. A thumbs down. Yeah. That's my favorite. The bad place pin is just a thumbs down. This show is really weird and great. It's so special. Yeah. I love it very much. You guys arrive. And you've been, like, all the information you have, you you arrive and have to share with the others, where's Michael? He didn't make it. Like, he pushed me through. Mm-hmm. Last thing I saw was Sean grabbing him. Jason's an idiot and says, was it a good grab? <laughs> was it a nice grab or a bad grab? And you're like, bad grab, dude. <laughs> um, and you're in the judges' chambers. There's a desk, mm-hmm. there's a plate, and there's a burrito. Mm-hmm. Um, it initially seems impossible like that the ju- the burrito could be the judge but that's, but that's another Eleanor realization like hang on we've seen weirder we've seen that's the thing we've seen weirder on the show the judge could be an all-knowing burrito yeah. that could actually happen i mean there's been you know in the chaos sequence we saw enough weird stuff and there's been so much weird stuff throughout the show it's not that far fetched to think that our writers room thought you know who's the leader of the known universe a burrito it's a burrito it's a burrito um it's also a fairly large burrito. Oh, yeah, it's a big old burrito. It's, a, it's like a two two hander. Yeah, yeah, it's a breakfast burrito. It's what we get on set. They give you gigantic burritos. That's true. But and so Eleanor just wants to cover all options, so begins to speak to the almighty burrito. And then the joke is that obviously that's just the judge's breakfast, and 
she was going to get her hot sauce slash concept of envy. And that's not and 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 it is the world is much more real than we thought. That's that's a great joke. It's such a perfect uh, reveal of Maya Rudolph as the judge, too, because there's a shot that's um, you pleading and Tahani's over your shoulder doing some sort of false reverence to, a uh, you know, Mexican food. And then they widen out and you see Maya dart between all of you. And it's I mean, it's basically the Muppet show. Like it's such yeah. a, it's such yeah. a puppet reveal of like. What are you guys looking at? And uh-huh. then you, f- you scatter into a diamond and she's revealed and it's the best thing in the world. It's a really satisfying way to go like, oh, game on. Maya yeah. Rudolph's now on the good place. Uh-huh. Like, that's about to be fun. Yeah. It's a great way to grab your attention so that you don't know someone big is about to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Give all the attention to this crazy plot line we think just began, which is that the burrito is the judge of the universe. Mm-hmm. And then show you how silly you were to have believed that. And then psych, it's the amazing and all-powerful Maya Rudolph. Um, I want to say one thing about Maya Rudolph, too, and that is that um, she's not afraid to, like, eat and talk. And, like, a lot of her scenes are mm-hmm. her with legit food in her mouth, talking, and it's another layer of that character. Well, she, she know It's another layer of the character, but also of Maya's boldness. She's willing to be sort of ugly and not yes like, she knows what's funny yeah. she, because she knows that's funny and like her ultimate end game is to be funny and she just knows how to do it so well that she knows she has no vanity about it mm. so she will put a gigantic piece of that burrito in her mouth and then talk the rest of the scene take after take after take mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing yeah um Kristen bell we are recording this podcast will drop um just before season three debuts Season three will debut next Thursday, the 27th of of September. Um, What do you want people to know? It's hard to say the same things I've said, but mean something different. This is where I need William Jackson Harper's acting Mm. to say the same word, but mean something different. This season is going to be very shocking, but in a different way that the first two were. Agreed. Yeah. The... I don't know if I'll be able to say this and cut it out if I can't, but, you know, the world got so big in the first two seasons, and I think the only place to go was smaller. So the problems, um, the emotional undercurrents in in season three are very intimate, and because of that, they are very riveting and painful. I will say, without revealing a single thing, that I came to set to see scenes filmed I wasn't in, writers came to set, to see scenes filmed they didn't write, that mm-hmm. they, you know, that wasn't their episode. I cannot wait for people to see this season. Yeah. This season is a is very important, I think. It says a lot. Kristen Bell, what's good? I have two things I'm thinking of that are good today. Baby breath in the morning, because mm. I just got it. I just got it. When your kids wake up and they they breathe too close to your face. It's so wonderful. Mm. And and somehow they they just smell like they've been eating crab cakes all night. <laughs> but it's but you just love it. It's the same way you love their vinegar feet when they come out of plastic shoes cuz all kids wear plastic shoes now, I guess. Um baby breath and paying attention. Oh. Uh Glennon Doyle, who is one of my true norths in life. She's a writer and a sort of like, I guess everyone's therapist kind of she says uh people ask me why i cry so often and i tell them it's the same reason i laugh so often because i'm paying attention 
Oh, wow. And I thought that was so profound. And she, like, sometimes struggles with the idea of of God and sometimes is very faithful and other times not at all. And she uh, lately has been referring to praying attention, where her reverence for something larger is simply paying attention. That means paying attention to yourself, paying attention to other people, paying attention to situations, but just not being mindless, right. being very mindful and looking to those around you in the situations and, and exploring how you can make them better. Just paying attention. Kristen Bell, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. This has been The Good Place, the podcast. I'm Mark Evan Jackson. Go do something good. Can I add one thing to your end? My uh, therapist once said to me, do something good today and don't get caught. Oh. And I thought that was uh, a pretty intense way to put it. I'm Mark Evan Jackson. Go do something good today and don't get caught. I really love CBD oil. Do yeah. you know what CBD oil is? Yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a non-psychoactive uh, element of marijuana. Correct. Right? And okay. it's very like anti-anxiety. It's just a little oil. It's sure. like a St. John's wort or something. Like it's a very, you know, sort of organic thing. Anyway, they put it in this drink um, called Dirty Lemon, which is like lemon water with CBD. And I love it. It feels like having a cocktail. Really, okay. it's water, lemon, and a little bit of CBD oil. Right. It's like very... But if CBD Pure. oil is non-psychoactive, what's the feeling that you're getting? Well, you're uh, not high, right? No, you're not high at all. Like you can fully like drive your kids, and you don't smell like patchouli. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But what it is is you actually don't notice it for okay. a while until you have like taken it for a week, and you realize what you haven't been doing is when you get in your car, going in your head, shoot, I got to pack the kids' lunches, and then I shoot. I, there's also still all those dust bunnies. I got to get that before grandma comes in town, and I have to change the sheets, and I have to blah blah blah. And instead of doing all that. You just turn the radio on and enjoy some Yacht Rock. But then when you get home, you still do all your chores. You just don't kill yourself all day. This is a very long, windy road to get to the fact that in this new drink, I found this dirty lemon drink, which I really like. It's a it's a not a clear bottle, which oh. my husband, as I said, looks for when he dips. Yes. And he's dipping again. Are you tying this whole thing, this whole thing up? I'm about to wrap it up. Whoa. It's Christmas. Yeah. Um, there was a half full one no. in the fridge. And no. I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I have one left. I love it. It's again, I just really enjoy having this. It feels like a cocktail to me. I'm uncomfortable. Pull it out, take a huge swig of no. his tobacco spit. It, this was two days ago. And I'm telling you, we dipped together for almost two years and we've never like accidentally taken a bottle. But you hear that all the time. Sure. That like you accidentally drink your uh, an ashtray, the bottle you've used totally. an ashtray or whatever. When yeah. you're gross, you're gonna be ex- <laughs> oh, you're, you're all gonna the way do gross. gross stuff. You're one hundred percent gross, you're all the way super gross. Yeah. Never happened to me before. Two days ago it did. Swallowed a big chunk of his. This has been The Good Place, the podcast. And now to deliver our credit sequence is Bad Janet. Take it away, Bad Janet. Whatever. If you enjoyed this podcast, which, like, how is that even possible? Please subscribe. It's available on all major podcasting platforms or wherever you get your podcast. I don't even know. Or if you don't want to subscribe, you can also just listen to your mom's butt, you fat dink. You burnt. (laughs) Why don't I handle the credits? The podcast is hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, produced by Grant Rutter. Who? It's written by Lizzie Pace, and the music is composed by David Schwartz. David Schwartz. See you next time, nerds. (laughs) 